to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. All right. Well, hello, Victory family. Can we just give the Lord another hand uh, this day? Well, on the church, uh, we'd like to just, I'm just so glad to see all of you here who are here. Uh, here in inside this auditorium, can you just go ahead and look at the person beside you at your back? Just wave your hand, okay? You don't have to really uh, speak to them. Just wave your hand. Show them how much you are so glad to see them here with your eyes. Yan, okay? And to those uh, who are at home, well, welcome home. Uh, you're still uh, joining us online, uh, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Pastor Ariel, and I'd like to greet everybody. Merry Christmas. Everybody, wel- Welcome. Well, in the church, and you know, we're we're feeling the Christmas vibes, despite a difficult situation that we're all in. And um, you know, as uh, Charm earlier has said, there's really no reason to cancel Christmas. Amen. Toli pa rin ang Pasko, and uh, I believe that there's every reason why we can actually celebrate Christmas. In fact, Christmas indeed is a very different uh, experience for this year. This year, 2020, is actually a disruptive year, an epic disruptive year. I believe all of you would agree with me on that. No, uh, it's um, literally changed our lives, the way we do things, the way we celebrate, the way we travel, the way we, you know, uh, do church. You know, this is unprecedented. We used to have a lot of services here every Sunday, but now we only have like one physical on-site service. But yet, we make do with what we can until we, you know, wait for the pandemic to be over. Uh, this coming uh, 24th, I believe, wherein all of us are gathered together as families. You know, maybe some of you will not do that just for this year. Um, you know, for example, in, in the Marquez side of, uh, of uh, our family, uh, we normally gather either in my house or in my brother's house, all of us. But we realize that this year we're kind of like a lot more than before because my, uh, my, my niece got married. And so uh, it's kind of hard for us to gather in one place. And so what we'll do is we'll, you know, just this for this year, 2020, we will just celebrate in each home and maybe have a Zoom, a salo salo together kind of. A, you know, it's it's kind of a different the way we the way we do things. And you know, in the in Time Magazine, for example, in the December 14 issue, I, I believe we have a picture there. Uh, the picture of the Time Magazine is there's an X that's uh, on top of 2020, and you know, it's kind of like what it's saying is. It's canceling 2020, but, you know, what it's saying really is it's the end of a historic year, not really the end of the pandemic. Of course, we're seeing that uh, the vaccine is being rolled out right now in the UK. It will be going into different, uh, maybe first world first, uh, and then the developing world uh, in the next batch. And many people wanted to cancel 2020, and I've heard that, cancel 2020, or hashtag cancel Christmas 2020. And they try to forget the trauma that it has brought. My question for us this, uh, this day is, is it really the worst year ever? Is 2020 really the worst year? Now, let me ask you a question for those of you who are here in the auditorium. For those of you who are watching at home, you know, what things have been canceled in your life personally in 2020? You know, we cannot just brush it aside and brush it off and do business as usual my prayer is that God will comfort you in the difficulties and the hardships that this year has brought upon you and your families. Maybe some of you lost your jobs. Maybe some of your business went downward spiral. Maybe it's uh, 
bad relationship year. Maybe finances has been affected. Relationships uh, have to be restored. Maybe there's even sickness or even death in the family. And my prayer is that God will sustain you by His grace. But my question for us today is this. What have you discovered or rediscovered in 2020? You know, I have a lot of just thinking about, you know, what we are going through right now. And this really is something different, a different experience for all of us. The way we do church, the way we do family, you know, families 24-7 all together at home. We work from home and, you know, I am grateful for family. I realize also that we can actually live simply. How many of you realize that? That, you know, uh, there's a lot of fluff in, in our world today. And you can actually, you and I can actually live a simple life. Given the fact that there's a lot of lockdown and restrictions and quarantine. And, you know, some of us ha- are grateful for the provision of God. The little that we have, we are grateful for that. Many of you guys have been very creative and agile and I see a lot of uh, things on social media and how you've a- a- been able to shift and pivot and you're able to create, um, whether it's a new business, new way of uh, creating income stream, and so on and so forth. And I believe that, yes, 2020 brought chaos, but 2020 did not just bring chaos. It actually brought us clarity. It actually gave us a clearer picture of what life is all about. As we got stripped of a lot of things, what has God shown us in 2020? And as, you know, as, as this year draws to an end, I believe that we can still thank God for the life. I mean, if you're grateful for your life, for the life that he has given to us. Come on now, let's thank the Lord for that. Let's thank God. Lord, thank you so much that today I got to wake up in the morning with breath in my, in my lungs. And my question for us today is this. Do you appreciate this life that you have? You know, what is this life in the first place? And how can we find it? And how can we enjoy it? Some people would post on maybe on IG or on a, a Facebook or in TikTok, you know, when they, whether they're traveling or doing something that's extraordinary. They would say, this is life or this is the life. Do we really know what life is? Do we have an idea? what real life is all about. And that's what we're going to be talking about in our message today. You know, Pastor Bodhi preached a powerful message last week as he started off this uh, series on In Time. And it's a Christmas series about, uh, you know, the book of John. We're still going to be looking at the book of John. So if you have your Bibles with you, why don't you go ahead and open to John, still on chapter 1. John chapter 1. And we'll be reading two verses today. John chapter 1, verse 4. And then we will jump to verse 14. Okay, so uh, John chapter 1, verse 4, and then verse 14. For those of you who are here in the auditorium, I'd like for you to join me as we stand together in giving reverence to the Word of God. John chapter 1, verse 4 to 14. And for those of you who are watching from your house, uh, you know, whatever device you have, or maybe if you have a physical Bible like this, it'll be great for you to still open and flip those pages. Sometimes it's nice to hear, you know, this pages flip open, okay? John chapter 1, verse 4, and then we'll jump to verse 14. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 14, and the word 
became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Let us bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you so much for your word that truly is life. We thank you that Jesus is that word and Jesus is Logos. And I thank you that this word gives us life. This word transforms our life. This word sustains our life. And I thank you, Lord God, that we will be transformed today, Lord God, even better than we came here today. Father God, we thank you even for those who are, Lord, watching at home. I thank you that you will touch into the Holy Spirit, minister to us today, and appreciate the fact that you have given us life eternal. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. For those of you at home, you may go back to your bed. No, no, just uh, sit down, okay? Don't lie down. You know, as you celebrate Christmas, we're familiar with uh, the Christmas story, and uh, we are familiar with the different characters present during that Christmas night. Some of you are setting up Belen or nativity scene in your home. And how many of you normally have Belens in your home? You know, you have like that nativity scene. And I see that, you know, some of us have figurines and some of us have different ways of doing that. In the nativity scene, you see a lot of different characters. You see uh, the star, you see uh, the shepherds, you see magi, you see... Uh, the sheep, or maybe some animals. You see, of course, the manger. You see Joseph, you see Mary, and you see Jesus. But what would the Christmas story be without these elements? What if the first Christmas will have no manger, no stable, no star, no angel, no magi, no Bethlehem, no Mary, no Joseph, no baby? Wow, what would, what would that be? Well, that would be the Christmas story according to John. Because he did not even include those elements in his story. And the Apostle John presents the Christmas story in a very different way. You know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they are known as the synoptic gospels. It's almost like they have similar elements in their gospel account. It's almost like they shared notes, but of course, you know, plagiarism time okay? But you see the, the life of Jesus and the, the synoptic gospels is really about the earthly life of Christ. You see the birth account. You see the baptism account of Jesus. You see his travels. You see the Sermon on the Mount. You see the Mount of Transfiguration. You see his teachings, the parables, the events in his life. But John told his gospel from a heavenly perspective. Not the earthly story, but a heavenly perspective. It's actually a supernatural view of Christ. There was no birth narratives. There was no baptism narrative. No sermon on the mount. No parable stories. No temptations of Christ. No traveling to, you know, from Capernaum to Jerusalem. You know, no Garden of Gethsemane account. In fact, about 90% of what you find in the book of John cannot be found in the other Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You know, Matthew started with the genealogy of Abraham, and you would find that in Matthew chapter 1. Now, if you're familiar with Luke chapter 2, you would see that Luke 
did not start from Abraham. He went further or farther than Abraham. He actually started with Adam. But yet we see that in the book of John, he went all the way back in time. He started all the way to the very start of things. And he said, in the beginning, before time began, that we know it. Pastor Bodhi spoke about this last week. In John chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, in the beginning. Everybody say, in the beginning. You know, it's almost like a uh, reference to the book of Genesis, chapter 1. In the beginning, and it says there, was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning, when Jesus, uh, when God was creating everything, guess what? The word was there. The Logos, Jesus has already been there from the very start. In the beginning was the word, Logos, Jesus. And this word was pre-existent from before time began, that we know it. You know, we have a chronological time. You know, we know time as chronos. You know, chronological time. But yet, God is the one who created time. And before we know what time is all about, He is already there. In the beginning, even before time as we know it, God's been there. All along, he is pre-existent before time. And God spoke things. And we know the, the story of, of Genesis. He spoke things into, into creation and there was life. He spoke and there was night and day. And he spoke and there was animals and plants and sea creatures and vegetation. And then God made man in his image. But what's unique about man is this. How many of you know that you and I are different from animals? You and I are different from the plants that you buy, the plantitos and the plantitas, right? We're kind of different from them because, you know, when God created us, He actually breathed life into the life, into the nostrils of Adam. And I believe that every human being is not just a living matter, but a living soul. That is the life that we have. We're unique creatures. You can compare us to the whales. You can compare us to the, you know, whatever, you know, the, the, the cat or the dogs or whatever. But yes, we are to steward God's creation and we're not to abuse it. But yet you and I are distinguished above the creation of God because God breathed His life in us. Remember that series when we were talking about Imago Day, The image of God. And God made us in, in His image and likeness. And guess what? You are still made in the image of God. Look at the person beside you and just stare at the image of God behind that face mask and behind that face shield. We're far more superior than, than any species in this planet. And guess what? Our God who is self-existent, which means that He does not need anything, is also eternally existent. Jesus, he's got no beginning and no ending. He's the Alpha and Omega. Beginning and the end. He starts things, he completes things. And in verse 14, the Bible says, and the Word became flesh. Everybody say, the Word became flesh. Four words that are very, that's very important for us to, to find out because this God who is self-existent, who is pre-existent, who is co-existent with the Trinity, decided to become human just like us. The Creator God 
the one who spoke things into being, has become part of creation. Jesus, who is fully God, became fully man so that he can save sinners just like you and me from death and judgment. Now, this is unheard of. I mean, how can the God who created everything become creation himself? It's so hard to wrap it in your finite mind. He took the form of a created being. In fact, Jesus is the living God who gives life to all. And we're going to look at three truths about Jesus on how he brings life to us. First truth is Jesus is the source of life. Everybody say, Jesus is the source of life. Jesus is the source of life. And we see that in verse 4. In him was life. In him was life. You find life in Christ. He didn't get life from someone. Nobody gave him life. In him was already life. He's already alive. Before all the things became alive, he's already alive. He does not just have life. There's not even a moment in history that Jesus did not even exist. He's already there. He is alive. In him was life. He didn't just have life. He's the one who gives life to all. Not just the bios life, but the Zoe. How many of you have heard of the word Zoe? Not just the channel, okay? But bios and Zoe. You know, when you talk about bios, bios is where we get the word, uh, the word biological. You know, biology, the study of life. Uh, it's the biological form of life. At some point, all matter will end. But Zoe is different. Zoe is the spiritual kind of life. It's the principle or the essence of life. This is the eternal life. This is the supernatural life. This is the life that will never end. How, how many of you have the Zoe kind of life? Come on now. If you have eternal life, you have the Zoe kind of life. You know, the, the, the biological kind of life. For example, as human beings, we have the bio. How many of you are alive here this morning? I mean, you have, you know, you, you, you can actually, you're, you're, you have bios, right? I mean, we can move, okay? Um, you wake up in the morning, you, you sleep, you eat, you go to church, you work, you eat, you talk, you eat, you walk, you eat, you read, you eat again. The bios kind of life. But yet, when you talk about the Zoe kind of life, it is the life that is existing in us, that is unquantifiable. You know, uh, this time of the year, as I said, I think in the previous preaching, it's a normal time that we have like an annual physical exam and we, you know, do fasting blood sugar. We measure our blood count and everything. It's the bios kind of life. You, you measure things. You measure your cholesterol Hopefully, we all pass. You measure your triglycerides, you measure uric acid, and so on and so on. But when you talk about the Zoe kind of life, there's no annual physical exam for the Zoe kind of life. You can't measure it. It's unquantifiable. In fact, it's always an overflow. That is the Zoe kind of life. 
And you know, when you're looking at the Lord Jesus, you're looking at the one who is the originator of life. The baby Jesus that we always see in the nativity scene is the son of God who created all things. That's the God that we serve. And you can only create if you are capable of giving life because Jesus is the source of life. In fact, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the what? The life. He is the life. You know, there's a story by the author, uh, a story uh, written by the author Judy uh, Gordon in the story of a little boy and a mom uh, who are both, you know, setting up their nativity scene one time. And so the mom was excited because she was unpacking her favorite uh, decoration, an exquisite ceramic hand-painted nativity scene. And so piece by piece, she took it out of the box. And so she was unwrapping it. So she you know, unwrapped the, the angels, she wrapped the, the magi, and she unwrapped the animals, and she unwrapped, uh, you know, uh, Joseph, and then Mary, and then she went to the final piece. And when she unwrapped, supposedly, the baby Jesus, she found out that it was all shattered. She couldn't believe what she saw, and she was so disappointed. It's as if her heart was also shattered in a lot of pieces. And so her six-year-old son named Bobby noticed and he said, Mom, baby Jesus is missing. We can't have Christmas without Jesus. How many of you would say that? Yeah, that's true. We can't have Christmas without Jesus. That is true. The boy is right. But I also want to say that we cannot have life. We cannot be alive at all without Jesus. He's not just there in the Christmas story. He's one who started it all. There's no sun, no moon, no planet Earth, no animals, no vegetation, no seas, no fish without the work of Jesus. In fact, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, the Bible says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things. Everybody say all things. All things were created through him and for him. There's nothing that was created that has not been created by Jesus himself. In him we live and move and have our being. The reason why we're alive today is because of Jesus. Everything that exists, exists because they get their life from him. In him was life. You know, there's a, I think it's a new Netflix film, uh, a documentary entitled Alien World. You know, I tried watching one episode and, you know, in this particular episode or this particular film, uh, documentary scientists are trying to find out, you know, other life forms aside from planet Earth. Of course, you know, there's a lot of animation there and, you know, graphics but they can only make assumptions and theories of what exists beyond planet Earth. But the truth is, new stars and galaxies are being formed regularly. And scientists are saying that this is actually a, you know, an evolution of things. But I would say that our mighty God is still creating new galaxies, new planets, new stars. Amen. And, you know, there's a picture in the, the, on the screen. There's actually a, uh, a picture of a star forming. 
and captured by the Hubble telescope as seen from NASA. And I believe that it's a description of how God, when he spoke the word into existence, that, you know, maybe God is still saying, let there be another star out there in this new galaxy. There are billions of galaxies out there. And we are just one called the Milky Way. And in this galaxy, there's planet Earth. And on planet Earth, there's people like you and me. And on, in this people that he has created, there's bios and there's Zoe kind of life. And Jesus is the one who's, who we see in the Christmas story. He was the one who created everything out of nothing. And we see that ex nihilo, that he can actually create something out of nothing. And I believe that God can create new things out of nothing in your life. How many of you believe that? You know, he, he can speak it into existence. Don't ever give up hope. You know, God is still in the business of creating new things. I believe that God can speak peace in our situation, healing for the sick, uh, for the sick, provision for those who are in lack. You know, how many of you know that God is the source and God can speak and create new things in our life? He can speak new relationships for the singles. Come on now. Amen. Restoration of things and new things for 2021. Jesus is the source of life. Second point is Jesus is the spring of life. You know, a spring or a fountain represents a, like a sacred opening or a tunnel to which a connection uh, that we, we find to eternity itself as well as to the depths of our own being. You know, in other words, uh, it can be described as fountain, like a wellspring origin, a fount, uh, like a gush spray or a jet. You know, I remember in John chapter 4 when Jesus uh, met the Samaritan woman and uh, he was asking for water. He spoke to her and he said, everyone who drinks of this water, talking about the water from the well of Jacob, will be thirsty again. But then he said this in verse 14, But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again because the water I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up in eternal life. Amen. You know, we drink water. You know, your, your doctor will say, your, uh, your nutritionist will say, you drink at least eight glasses of water every day. And we become thirsty, but yet when you drink of the water coming from Jesus, you will never be thirsty again. Amen. Because he is the spring of life. And when Jesus gives life, it overflows. It will not just be enough. It will be more than enough. And then you may actually say, you know, Pastor, you don't know my situation. I don't experience that spring of life right now. There seems to be a lot of lack. There seems to be a lot of disarray. You know, from time to time, we see, you know, when you travel in uh, different parts of our city, we see a lot of diggings, like Manila Water or, or I don't know, maybe PLDT or Miralco or, or, you know, the other telecoms, uh, uh, particularly Manila Water, would start digging in order to connect different subdivisions to the main water supply. And how many of you know that without them digging and connecting, you wouldn't have water if they don't connect it to the main source. 
And digging is not nice at the moment because it's inconvenient. There's a lot of dirt. There's a lot of debris. There's a lot of, you know, uh, traffic. Maybe God wants to dig in our life and take out some things that are blocking the flow of life. He's getting ready to put out maybe new pipes so that the life of God will be hindered in your life. And how many of you are, you know, ready for the digging of God? It's not convenient. Sometimes it's not pleasant at the moment, but that it's necessary because God wants to take out something that ought not to be there so that the life of God can freely flow in our lives. And this pandemic has done a lot of disruptions in our life, as I said earlier. That's an understatement. We've been in lockdown. We've been in quarantine for, I don't know, 10, 11 months already. 10 months. It stripped us of many of our regular routines, like going to work, having parties or family gathering, going to the gym, watching concerts, traveling in different airports, eating in a nice buffet restaurant. How many of you miss that? I miss that. Going to Spiral or whatever. Okay, I miss going to a nice buffet restaurant. In the meantime, we just have to make do with what we have. Could it be that God is doing a refresh or a reset of life as we know it? We realize that we can live a life that is simple, without any fluff. It made us appreciate the basic necessities of life, the basic necessities, the bare essentials of life. Suddenly, we notice nature for the first time. We used to be so busy with a lot of activities, and now you notice the birds. You notice the sunset. You notice the different golden hours. You, you take your, your camera. You, you, know, you now enjoy walking around. We bike. We go outdoors. We appreciate nature like we have not done it before. We want, you know, I believe God wants us to experience the fountain of life. Do we regret what happened and try to cancel 2020? Or can we actually see the silver lining and say that 2020 is the year that I rediscovered life? Because there are new things that I have seen now that I have not seen before. My last point for this sermon is God is, or Jesus is, a sustainer of life. Jesus is what? The source of life. He is the spring of life and he is the sustainer of life. Jesus created all things and he is also maintaining all things. You know, some religions uh, believe in deism instead of theism. You know, when you talk about deism, it's the view that God created the universe and after creation, God virtually withdrew and restrained himself from engaging with the creation. It's basically an absentee God. In other words, what they're saying is that God is no longer involved with man anymore. But this is so far from the truth. You know, theism, on the other hand, is the belief that an imminent God is actively intervening in the affairs of men. And after creation and after man fell due to sin, God continued to pursue a relationship with humanity by becoming a human just like us. We read this earlier, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from God, the Father, full of grace and truth. 
You know, when you talk about transcendence, it's God's attribute of being superior above anything else in the universe. That He is exalted, He is in control, and He has authority over all of creation. Yet, there's another aspect of God, an attribute called immanence. Everybody say immanence. Immanence means God is fully present in the physical world and to the humans in a personal and intimate way. You know what? Jesus is both transcendent and He is immanent. He is God divine and He is human, accessible to fallen creatures just like us. You know, as I come to a close, Jesus wants to be present and to be fully involved and engaged in your life. And you know, as the year is about to close, 2020, you may feel alone or depressed or even lonely today. And sometimes you feel that God is not there. Sometimes you feel that God is absent. In reality, how many of you know that God is with us, Emmanuel? He will never leave us nor forsake us. You know, in December, Christmas of 2003, 2003, 17 years ago, when me and my wife lost our son, Jerome, to TB meningitis, it was a dark moment. It was a difficult Christmas for us. We felt like what happened, but yet we also felt the manifest grace of God present as God continued to restore us and put his hope in our hearts. The word became flesh, and he lived among men. You know, he knows and he understands your situation. He knows your fears. He knows hunger. He knows loneliness. He knows what depression is all about. He knows how it is to be, you know, betrayed and to be left behind by friends. He understands what you and I are going through. He is with us in 2020, and He will continue to be with us in 2021. You know, Jesus sustains life. And the reason why all the planets and all the stars are not spinning out of their axis and out of rotation, bumping into each other, is because of the power of His Word. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things. By His powerful Word. You know, if Jesus can do that to the planets and to the stars and to the galaxy systems and they are not spinning out of order, how many of you know that God can do that in our lives? Amen? That our lives, though, may be in chaos right now, He'll maintain that. He's going to sustain you. He's not going to leave you. He will uphold you. In the easy to read version, it says, the sun shows the glory of God. He is a perfect copy of God's nature. And He holds everything together by His powerful command. And if you are feeling like letting go, God is not letting go of you. Jesus will hold you He will sustain you. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until He comes back someday. 
You know, my main point as I come to an end is simply a summary of what I said. Jesus is the source, spring, and the sustainer of life. And you know, as I come to a close, I want to pray for those of you. In this same book, in the book of John, the Apostle John used the word believe about a hundred times in the gospel. An emphasis that we must have faith in Jesus, who is God himself in human flesh. And I want to end with John chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life. The Zoe kind of life. Not just the bios life, but the Zoe life because of His name. This is the reason why Jesus came on earth 2,000 years ago and was born in a manger. This is why John wrote about these things that you and I would believe because Jesus came to save his people from their sins. Let's just bow right now. For those of you who are maybe watching from your home and you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you, you don't know him yet personally. You're not sure if you have eternal life. Today you can be sure. Jesus wants to give you that life. Reach out to him. I'm going to lead you into a prayer and I want you to, to repeat these words after me. Let's just pray. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner needing a Savior. Thank you for going or for coming from heaven and coming down to earth. And you were born as a baby. You grew up as a man. And that time when you gave your life on the cross, you were thinking about me. Thank you for sacrificing your life so that I can live. I confess that Jesus is my Lord and I believe that God raised him from the dead. Therefore today, I can be certain that I can have this life, this Zoe kind of life, this supernatural kind of life, this eternal everlasting life that only Jesus can give. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalamang.church.